Welcome back to Word of God. We're three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are vvim, vervim, self, or it itself. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ashcommaman. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr at LazarusEmma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns, and you can follow me on Twitter at ToppleThrones. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Tumblr at Word of Godcast. And content warnings for this episode are as follows. Content warnings for Season 1, Episode 18 include food insecurity, children in danger, and allusions to abuse. Content warnings for Episode 19 include murder of a domestic partner, a murderous child, and decapitation. Insert content warnings here. Future mm-hmm. Ash. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr at Word of Godcast or send us an email at wordofgodcast at gmail.com. Okay, today we are doing uh, Supernatural Season 1, Episodes 18 and 19, Something Wicked and Providence. Uh, we, got some, we got some good boys content this week, I think. Some good fucking yeah. boys content. My babies. My male wives. <laughs> <laughs> They're not male wives yet. They're just boy toys. They're in their larval stage. <laughs> the life cycle. <laughs> what, what's their cocoon, Emma? Is it like hell? <laughs> I mean, maybe. At what point do Dean and Sam respectively become male wives? Okay, I, I like this because the it's their... It's their sp- I thought you were going to go, like, what's the, what's the life cycle of just general, like, boy toy to male wife? And the implication that it's going to hell is very... <laughs> very good <laughs> <laughs> don't call yourself a male wife unless you've been to hell unless you've been <laughs> <laughs> dean gets <laughs> dean gets that on a sticker from Redbubble. <laughs> if you um, go to hell okay. multiple times is that like upgrading a unit in a gacha game oh yes this my, absolutely this is my dean five star like that's why dean 10. is the most male wife okay. can i give the synopsis now <laughs> yes yes you can uh, 118 something wicked. We open um, in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. There's a little girl. She's praying before bed. Uh, the dad says that the mom is still at the hospital with her sister, and she like gets tucked into bed. It's very cute. And then there's like a tree branch against the window that's like a hand. She's very scared. She pulls the curtain. She runs back into bed. Um, oh, the window opens, and a shadowy figure approaches the bed, where only the lower face is visible beneath its hood and it leans toward her and the mouth starts glowing and she screams title card very spooky scene i liked it yeah the uh it's funny the the window shadow thing is kind of overplayed but it worked for me in this scene yeah same uh we got to the boys who are arguing because john sent them coordinates to fitchburg but they can't figure out why they haven't seen any uh, suspicious activity uh so they arrive and sam notices that there's only one kid at the playground so dean asks the mom about it and find out they find out that the kids in the area are getting hospitalized so they go to the hospital sam has to use an id for a bikini inspector there's a little gag there uh but they do get in do you notice that there's an old woman sitting alone beneath an inverted cross and uh dr heidegger tells them that the kids bodies are quote wearing out and the nurse mentions that it seems to be spreading from one sibling to another 
Uh, talking to the dad from the cold open reveals the open window, so since he's stuck at the hospital, they go break into his house. They find, like, an elongated handprint rotted into the wood of a windowsill, which Dean recognizes. And we got our first flashback of the episode. <sighs> this episode makes me very sad. This flashback mm-hmm. has a conversation that we'll get into when we get to the analysis part, but uh, it turns out that John was hunting the same thing when Dean was about 9 or 10, and he was left alone in the motel to watch Little Sam. And we will talk about that in great detail, but it's his responsibility to watch Sam is the gist of the scene. And so we cut back to the present, and Dean says that John wants them to finish the job because this case was a striga that got away. And he says that he doesn't remember more than that because he was a kid. So he's clearly hiding something. Uh, They check into a motel. Dean gets microaggressed because he ordered two queens and the boy behind the counter, the owner's son, is like, yeah, I bet. It's such an asshole. So since... Well, I'll talk about it later. It's fine. Um, and then the this kid, Michael, goes to give his little brother dinner, and we have another flashback to that night where Dean gives Sam a little bowl of SpaghettiOs, which he calls, Sam's calls, SpaghettiOs, which is extremely cute. Uh, it's really Sam cute. says he doesn't want SpaghettiOs, he wants Lucky Charms, and there is only one bowl left, and Dean didn't get any, but he gives in, and he scrapes Sam's food into the trash, even though he made it for him specifically because he asked for it. And then Sam offers Dean the box's toy, which is so cute, and I love them so much, and I'm very sad. really cute. I don't, I don't know why he put it into the trash. I don't know why he didn't eat it, but I, I guess he didn't want it either. I don't know. I, I, and then, so back yeah. into the present, uh, Sam looks up the Striga lore, and Dean says that she's vulnerable to consecrated wrought iron while feeding, but she's usually in human disguise otherwise, and it's usually an old woman. Um, they discover that the attacks are centered around the hospital, and Dean remembers the old woman he saw, so they go in, they pull their guns on her, it's a red herring, because this is only Act 2, and, uh-huh. uh, it turns out, like, the cross on the wall had just slipped down from its nail, it was very silly. Uh, meanwhile, the Striga attacks Michael's little brother, Asher. Michael blames himself, saying, it's my job to look after him, so we get a nice, clear Dean mirror there. Uh, Dean drives the mom to the hospital while Sam researches and discovers that Dr. Heidecker is in a picture from 1893, so it has to be him. Uh, <laughs> Dean, at the hospital, is furious to discover this, but he didn't have a gun on him, so he couldn't shoot Heidecker, which is probably for the best, because he was in a hospital. Uh, then Dean suggests using Michael as bait tonight, because John sends him specifically, and Sam says, I thought he sent us. Not in those words. And we have another flashback that Dean snuck out to the arcade and reception and came back to find the Striga feeding on Sam, and Dean got the gun but couldn't shoot. John bursts in and shoots it, and it gets away. And then we have a seat, like a shot where John is cuddling Sam while glaring at Dean. They have a conversation we will talk about, but he's blaming him for, you know, mm-hmm. daring to step out. And uh, so Sam agrees to get Michael to consent to this plan, and the Striga comes. The boys burst in. The Striga attacks Sam, and Dean kills it, finally closing that loop. And the energy escapes to go heal the kids so they're going to be okay. Sam is sad that Michael now knows about monsters, and he says, sometimes I wish I could have that kind of innocence, and Dean says, if it means anything, sometimes I wish you could too, and they drive off. First thing I want to say here is really good episode pacing here from Mm -hmm. going to, from doing Shadow and then, like, spacing it out, doing Hell House, like a kind of goofier episode, and then doing this one. So, like, it lets Shadow sit, um, but then suddenly it complicates just like our first time seeing the brothers with John in a like fairly like 
intentionally made to be like heartwarming scene with the music and the hugs and everything, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then immediately complicates it with this with this flashback sequence. Yeah. Which was uh, also really nicely paced. It's like spread out yeah. through the episode in a really natural feeling way. Uh this episode, mm-hmm. before I forget, was written by Daniel Knopf. I don't know how to pronounce that. This is his only episode that he wrote for the show, same as huh. uh Good episode. Whoever wrote the next episode. Let me check that. David Ehrman wrote 119 and also only 119. Hmm. Uh, I was going to say, I said uh, several episodes ago at this point, a while back, I think when we were talking about, um, oh God, I don't even know anymore. Uh, when they were talking about the fight, we had a big conversation about uh, the fight and uh, why they didn't flash back to it. Was that for episode five of the... I think it was it earlier. Re- I think it was episode three or something, because I'm pretty sure I've already listened to it on Spotify. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I mean episode five of the show. Oh, um, that would be Bloody Mary. Oh, uh, it probably wasn't Bloody Mary. Oh, it was Bugs. It was Bugs! Which was is bugs. one eight, so that would be episode three. I always, <laughs> I always forget that Bugs has plot in it. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, anyway. Very yeah, we talked too. about we talked about that and I take back what I said now because I think it's good to have like John having sat in that kind of like you don't really know what to make of him until you see him on screen and then immediately he gets complicated by this episode. I'm kind of glad that they waited this long now actually. So, I take back what I said. Fair enough. Are we going chronologically now? Yeah. Okay. Uh first thing for me uh, like I said earlier, really good tension in the cold open. However, it all drained out of it for me when I saw the monster's dumb dementor face. Yeah. <laughs> like the... Go on. Oh, just the Striga has very big dementor energy. It's It looks like a mix between a dementor and like Sheev Palpatine. Yeah, the- oh, yeah. Yeah, you're super right. I am the Senate. <coughs> Do it. Christ. <laughs> Good radio. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think like the, I, I always love when it's just like, yeah, here we put this like horrible prosthetics onto this person and we got this good makeup, this like creepy mask. It's, I like the Striga. It's just like, they should have waited longer to show it. Mm-hmm. Also, I have a fun fact about this. Actually, I'm just going to say it now. Screw it. We're getting actor facts early. So this Striga is played by, I don't, for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe I should start doing this. I don't normally say the actor, I guess, just for, for time. I say, this character is played by so-and-so. You can look this up if you want. But uh, this Striga is played by uh, Jeannie Epper, who is considered one of the greatest stunt women to have ever been a stunt woman. Uh, she was one of the founding members of the Stunt Women's Association of Motion Pictures, uh, was its president for a time, most famously was the uh, stunt double for Wonder Woman and the 1970s Wonder Woman TV show. Um, this woman is a Wait, legend. Wait, Carter? Yeah. Oh, my mom loves that show. That's cool. Yeah, so is so's mine. I'm realizing that my synopsis may not have said that Dr. Heidegger is a man. Um, I think I said, mm, yeah. I think I did use he, him pronouns for him at some point, but just to clarify, he's uh, male in human form and apparently female in monster form. So your Striga is GNCAF. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, assumed, I was I thinking about that. I just male but... Striga. I did too, they... but I guess not. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, well, it's like, monsters. it's, it's. 
the way Dean talked about it made it seem like they're yeah, like not genderless, but wouldn't expect it to be a male. Uh, yeah, yeah, but the he said that they look like old women, so it's like this is just like the monster archetype. I don't know. I we, we don't know where Strigas come from. We don't know if Strigas have like culture. I but like I don't know. It's uh, it does mention. Yeah. Did you not do your lore research, Wyatt? Oh, I mean, I know what a Striga is. Okay, well, the, in he the means episode in they talk about how it's like from Albania, but dates back to Rome or something. So I was right. No, that. but I mean, no, no, no. I. I just mean, I don't know if, like, are Striga's people? Are they, like, ghosts? Are they demons? Oh, like, it, it didn't really... Like their origins. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their lore is in the show in that way. It's just, they're just monsters, I guess. But, like, it didn't, it didn't seem as if they were at one point people in the way mm-hmm. that Dean described them. Sam says it's a kind of witch. And, kind of witch. Um, okay, I guess they are people. But then it also says, uh, let me see. Sam also says Strigas take on a human disguise when they're not hunting. So yeah, that's well. I mean, what's kind a witch? Kind of ambiguous in whether they are uh, a witch in Supernatural human. is just people, just that's, people, mm, just like classic okay. supernatural monster. We got more early installment weirdness then. Yeah, because yeah, Strigas, Strigas in like actual folklore are witches or like the the classic thing of like shape shifting person who will like fly in through a window and suck your kid's blood or like drain your grandma's life force or whatever that sort of thing yeah maybe the implication is that strigas like are a special denomination of witch who lose some of their human form when they're not in disguise kind of like i guess the comparison to the wendigo but that is literally not textual so yeah we love a lack of lore yeah Oh yeah, Striga is basically, as far as I'm aware, the, like, it comes from the Latin word, uh, Strix, which is, like, a, a bird of ill omen, uh, that would feed on flesh and blood, um, so that's kind of, like, that's where, like, the bird stuff comes from, and this, like, turning into an animal, flying into people's windows, that sort of thing, um, this is where vampires come from, I believe, or at least where... Dracula came from mm-hmm. some version of of vampire. It's yeah. difficult to pinpoint where like one geographic. Yeah, exactly. Location. Okay, Dracula was explicitly inspired by the Striga myth. Is ah, I guess the main thing. So like the modern idea of vampires can be traced back to um, Striga, or I guess I guess a Striga. It's Strigoi is the plural. Not but, on the uh, wiki page. <laughs> okay, Emma, you are talking about well, the show that uses seraphim. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna defend that. Oh no, 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 wait, no, it's the, oh, it's the other way around. The show is still wrong, but a strigoi I think is actually the uh, singular, and striga are the plural. <laughs> Love that. So it's Love wrong that. both ways. Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we can just keep using the. Since I'm on the wiki page, uh, it does shout out Dementors for. Oh, that's funny. At the bottom of the trivia, um, but um. Kripke talks about how Daniel Knopf pitched this idea. I guess I'll just read the quote, because I can't figure out how to paraphrase this. The Striga came from Jan- Daniel Knopf, who created Carnival, who's a brilliant writer and was a fan of the show, or Kripke explains. One of the ideas he pitched us was the story in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, where they were held with a mass hysteria that they blamed on a witch. So I was really intrigued, because I don't see witches as goofy. I see them as very primal and scary. It was just finding the angle... Because I think witches can be terrifying. It all dates back from an episode of one of the Twilight Zone remakes called Grandma, 
where this little boy's grandmother mm. was a witch. One of the nightmares I remember most from when I was a boy is about a witch that I remember vividly to this day, and I still count it as the scariest nightmare I ever had. <laughs> I must have been a nine-year-old kid, and I can recite every detail of this nightmare to you, which was about a witch who actually did live at my grandmother's house. This nightmare about a witch really affected my psyche. <laughs> okay, Kripke. <laughs> <laughs> and the costume designer, D- Diane Weedas, talked about... Um, the big part was that it had a hood that would shroud the face so that you didn't really get much of the face for the most part, and Eric had really wanted the hood to have a certain look to it so that it wasn't drooping or that kind of thing. Again, this is all from the fandom hmm. wiki page. Cool. But this is the only appearance of a Striga in the show, I'm pretty sure. So Yeah. We don't need to be all worried right. about the lore being inconsistent. It's a one and done. Thank goodness for that. Would hate to have supernatural lore be <laughs> Yeah. I said earlier that Striga are witches. That's not always true. Uh, in like the actual mythology, it depends... On the place, some places they're demons. Some places they're undead that have like risen back up from the grave, like vampires. Um, yeah, just just wanted to clarify that. Valid. Um, this cold open, we have again the monsters that can open doors and windows. Um, we find out later that the window is in fact on the second floor and has no ledge, which is even creepier. Yeah. Also, the handprint on the window frame oh, yes. was very, and very good so and spooky. This is the first instance in Supernatural Again, of a handprint of something sinister, so we'll see how that yeah. comes back. They they well, should I have not exactly. shown the Striga, because it would have been really cool to, like, have this, like, handprint as the only way to, like, identify what the thing was for a little while. Mm-hmm. Well, from the boys' perspective, it was. Yeah, I just—I mean, just like for the viewers, I feel like the horror, like the spookiness, would have been more effective if we didn't see anything in the cold open, and then we just saw this big, long, scary handprint. Mm-hmm. So why it's a fan of mysterious handprints? Jot that down. I am. I like a mysterious handprint. I look forward to future mysterious handprints. <sighs> uh, before we move on from the cold open, this little girl is praying. I am not an expert here, obviously, but I think it's the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so we have some explicitly Christian characters and a mention of angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the Lord's Prayer, but it is a fairly common, uh, mm-hmm. like, especially a very fairly common prayer for children to say. Yeah, I got it's, the one, a... it's the before bed prayer. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called now, lay, now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. I got a little bear the... when I was in third line. grade. Yeah. Uh, when I was in third grade, I got a little bear where if you pressed it, it would say prayers. And that was one of the one of the prayers i'm pretty sure i got it from a friend who probably did not know that my whole family was very atheist <laughs> but that's a little cute little tidbit that's how i know that prayer well i know it because christianity is inescapable it's true this is this is a also a more modern uh less morbid version of now i lay me down to sleep with the original one goes if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to take <laughs> yeah i was waiting for that too did she say soul to keep yeah. Is that it for the cold open? There's not a whole lot who, there. Who is Monk? I've never heard Monkey Puss before in my life. What a <laughs> weird line. It's a little bit weird. Like, it's cute, but I'm also like, I mean, I, I make up weird nicknames for children yeah. all the time. I've, I've, yeah. Uh, my, my, my character in a tabletop game I'm in is basically a cross between a monkey and an octopus, and so it made me just be like, huh? What? Very good. But, uh, but yeah, anyway. Um,. We go to the boys. My next note here is uh, Dean with big older brother energy. I'm the oldest, which means I'm always right. He's right. No, it doesn't. It totally does. Um, He just gives him this little shit-eating grin. It's good. Yeah, it's very good brotherly shit. Um, Netflix on, like, 
the actual Netflix menus shows that this episode is called Something Wicked This Way Comes, whereas mm. the title card actually shows it as Something Wicked. Netflix continues to try and gaslight me. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I was wondering why I thought it was called the full thing, and every wiki page just says Something Wicked. So mm -hmm. I'm blaming Netflix again. Mm -hmm. um, but back to the scene, Sam is sarcastic about John, and Dean is like, yeah, of course we're going to find, we're going to figure out what, what we're doing here. And Sam's like, yeah, because he's been so easy to find up to this point. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's been 18 episodes, Dean. <laughs> um, I think at one point Sam says stuff with, like, a very clear indication that, like, were it not for this being a TV show, Sam would say shit here. I think Sam should be allowed to say shit. Yeah. I... I guess I never thought about. I mean, there's like sex in this show. This is a show. I'm surprised there's not. Have have the boys not sworn before? They say damn and hell and crap. But they can't say. Like but they, they can't say, say the the upper tier words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, That's weird. Uh, the hot, the Ash, he shelf. says he says a big steamy pile of nothing. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's say him say shit. Challenge. Is that always the case? The, to the Look, sensors. They don't change networks. It's the CW the whole time. So okay, the CW. I I guess I never really thought about it's the fact consistent. that the CW. Unless really... the rules changed in mm. the fifteen years it's mm. on the air. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering because like you can say fucking like PG thirteen stuff now. I don't yes. know. I don't watch any other CW shows. I'll ask my friend who watches Riverdale. <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna up. say three years from now, look forward to our Riverdale. Podcast. God. No! God Christ, Jesus, no. Audrey would never let me live it down. One day, one day I'll find someone who will make me watch that show. I suppose it would be payback hey. for making you watch Supernatural. Uh-huh. Hey, what's Nexus Lexus or Lexus Nexus? Oh, it's in the trivia thing on the wiki page. I did all of my readings for this episode. Let me find it. Apparently it's a data mining corporation. Oh. Uh, during the 1970s, LexisNexis began to make legal and journalistic documents more accessible electronically. Oh, they're a legal research. They oh, that's why Sam's using them, because mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a law student. Oh, he still probably has his student. university login. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a cute detail, though. Uh, Dean says, Dean says, I'm sure we'll find something worth killing, which is a whole lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, like the idea that you only go to a place in order to kill something there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he's in Wisconsin, so what else is he supposed to do? It's true. It's true. By the way, do do you guys want to do? Do you guys know what that ID says? Oh, I do. I have it also in the wiki. <laughs> it's bad. Oh no, I didn't bother to look that hard. It says. <clears throat> <laughs> this agent is authorized to operate at any beach park or backyard pool party or warm climate locale in the world. No restrictions or limitations are to be placed on their visual or physical inspections. Violators will be subject to tickling and spanking. So I really hate that Dean. Dean, why this. did you make this? Good fucking lord. <laughs> Dean, like, let's it face so it, Dean much. probably made it when he was like 20 yeah. to try and pick up chicks and like totally got shut down. And pass it off to Sam. Mm -hmm. This feels like a bit like leftover from the prank war. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't funny. The prank war was funny. Yeah. No, I agree. I just mean like that. this feels it was I don't know. It was weird in this context. It felt like it came kind of out of nowhere for me. Like, why is 
Why is Dean doing this now? They're trying to they're trying to do something kind of important here. Their children's lives on right? the line. It's not like they don't have like actual IDs Sam could have used, but he gave him this one specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, going back a little bit to the playground, I just want to note that Sam has big doctor energy when he's like. Oh, you're super right. You're super right. Picture. Yeah, it's very. He's cute. doing his detective thing again. He's uh -huh. like, hmm, where are all the children? <laughs> Very curious, smokes pipe. Yeah, the mom in this scene is like extremely helpful. She's just like, yeah, a guy who has no kids walking yeah. to me at a playground and asking where the kids are. That's totally normal, and I should give him all the information. She's the she's the designated info dump NPC. Um, Dean immediately spots uh, a milf, but I wrote in my notes as MDLF. Uh -huh. Dean would like to fuck. Great. Does she have on a wedding ring? Because he doesn't hit on her. Like, he's asking for information in, like, his charming way, but he's not trying to get her number. I have no idea. Okay. I actually, Dean, I didn't Dean remember can excuse this murder, well but enough. he draws the line at adultery. Yeah. Dean folded, putting his hands on his chin. So, you've murdered someone, huh? I murder things all the time. That's <laughs> a good comment. God, don't, don't even, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> I'm just going to go insane. Um, I don't know why, why this, uh, what, made me write this down but sam's criminalification continues oh i remember it's because sam's like i bet there's no one in that house yeah then yeah. the amount like th there's a home invasion like every basically every episode in the show mm -hmm. i just love how <laughs> sam's boys the one have to so many this time yeah i feel like at this point it's just standard procedure yeah they once again don't wear gloves or anything they're just like yeah crime scene yeah. I mean, it, wasn't it is interesting. A crime scene again, this time. It's just a kid's bedroom, but they've yeah. made it a crime scene by breaking in. <laughs> it is interesting. Again, I've been thinking a lot about like uh, the like post nine eleven like propaganda stuff that we talked about a little bit, and this idea of like the people who are here to protect you are like can and should be allowed into any of your private spaces if their goal is to like make sure you're okay and protect you. Yeah. Which is an interesting, like, ideology that this show espouses. Within uh -huh. the fiction, it makes sense. They can't- well, my voice cracked there. Within the fiction, it makes sense because, obviously, they can't tell people about the monsters, but it still does create that idea, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the fact mean, that it doesn't address it makes it completely yeah. subliminal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they address it to some degree in the earlier episodes, but like I said, at this point, it's standard procedure. Mm -hmm. uh, the old lady is so much. It's so funny how much of a red herring she is. The camera lingers on her for so long. There's her slow, dramatic turn. The upside down cross on the wall is absurd. It's so funny. They could have done that whole scene without the upside down cross on the on the wall, and it still would have worked. But like, it's just, it's it's so much. It's well, so I feel like they wanted so another the clue. Because otherwise, as Sam says, it's just an old lady in a hospital. Like, wow, what are the chances? Yeah. But if she has, like, satanic it's... imagery in her room, then she might be evil. Uh -huh. I think it's very funny I... how, the, how she yells at them, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's real good. I was sleeping with my peepers open. <laughs> she has really, like, as someone who works in retail, she has a really great, like, kind of crazy, like, in a good way, grandma energy. Who's just, like... Yeah, just old lady who doesn't give a shit. Yeah, it's great. Who played I also her? love how I... she calls the cross on the wall a crucifix, because uh, mm -hmm. it's patently not a crucifix because there's no Jesus on it. It's one of the few things I know about Christianity. <laughs> that feels like a, just a writing error. Yeah. Is there... That whole scene is very funny. I have a note that there's 
Someone has an untied oh. shoe. I think Sam forgot to tie his shoes. <laughs> like I they just let Jared not. walk around on set like that, I guess. <laughs> um, it's also incredibly <laughs> stupid that they have their guns out in the hospital because even if that is the Shriga, she's not feeding, so they can't kill her because it's immune yeah. to all weapons. De- oh, what was it? All weapons devised by man or god. Yep. Um, we are getting very ahead of ourselves, but um the flashback is there anything we have more before the flashback or can we talk about this uh yeah that's all my notes before the flashback emma yep i'm good to go okay uh first note i have for the flashback is just that sam is definitely dissociating in that yeah i wrote that yes i wrote that down too i wrote sammy watching thundercats and dissociating (laughs) big mood yeah literally it's (laughs) it's i'm like oh my god child you have so many problems and you're not even 12. Me, whenever I was sleeping over at my grandma's house watching Teletoon Retro at 11 p.m. Literally. <laughs> um, the, whole, the whole everything with John is so much. Like, this is yeah. a 9 to 10 year old child because Dean says that happened 16 to 17 years ago. And mm-hmm. he is currently 26. So, nine or, 9 or 10. And he already knows the drill of, you know, extremely paranoid, don't pick up the phone unless John shows that it's him. And Dean says, we've gone over it like a million times and you know I'm not stupid. And John's response is, I know you're not, but it only takes one mistake. You got that. So like deliberately scaring the shit out of this 10 year old child. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And the backup plan is that if John's not back, you call Pastor Jim, which is another nice little shout out to this character. And Mm -hmm. most important, watch out for Sammy. And meanwhile, all Sam has to do as this five to six year old is watch Thundercats. If something tries to bust in, shoot first, ask questions later. And yep. John says, Ugh. and this drives me nuts, John says, that's my man. Not, that's my boy, that's my uh-huh. man. Uh-huh. I mean, that's the thing that dads often say to, to kids, but like... In the context of everything else about so these two much. of them. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I super agree yeah. with you. Just, I, I wasn't not, like... It's not an unusual thing to say, but also it is definitely, it is definitely like... Yeah, he's treating, he's treating Dean very much like a... Not necessarily a grown-up, but is like, this is heavy shit for a kid, I guess. He's putting adult yeah. responsibility on him instead of, like, yeah. hiring the yes. babysitter or leaving them with Pastor Jim in the first place. Yeah. There's a post about this episode that's, like, uh, the face-eating leopards tweet. So, um, <laughs> I never thought the child-eating monster would eat my children, sobs man who left his <laughs> children alone while hunting a mo- child-eating monster. Uh, great post. Literally. Um, I also just... For a little bit of foreshadowing, I like how Pastor Jim gets mentioned like once or twice. Um, yeah, and that's, then why, I believe... that's why I called attention to it. He shows up in the, yeah in this season. Yeah, he's he mm. is like we call that foreshadowing. Yeah, it's very bad wolf. Mm-hmm. Not to make Doctor Who references on Supernatural podcast again. <laughs> Man who has only seen Boss Baby, etc. Et Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Would it be would it be a supernatural show if there wasn't occasional references to Doctor Who and or Sherlock? Sure, but that's just foresh- that's just regular foreshadowing. Bad Wolf is also just foreshadowing. <laughs> okay, but like it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> or the bees in in season three. Uh-huh. Don't at me. Season four. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on. Um. Oh, what no, the fuck I was, was going to say. Three. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's I- a- <laughs> you go. Great. We had the same train of thought. Um, <laughs> going back to the masculinity enforced by John thing for a minute. I mentioned mm. in an earlier episode when we were doing 
uh, 1.9, so I guess that would be episode 3 for us if you're going through our catalog. Then, um, while Dean is calling John, he specifically drops his voice, and I called attention to that as, like, an example of him, like, deliberately putting on his masculinity for his dad, and uh, I found a post recently that with a quote from Jensen Ackles saying that he did that on purpose. Like, specifically, uh, Dean lowers his voice because of John, so vindication excellent misery so what's the what's the line jacking joyce's jacking joyce's <laughs> i'm gonna hunt him for sport <laughs> oh that's a lot so you had this good bit of like inside inside baseball uh all i was gonna say was it was kind of weird to me that uh john's called him dude i don't know i feel like john winchester isn't the kind of guy who says dude Maybe my maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I guess I'm wrong because he says it, but it surprised me. No, he's definitely not the type to say, dude. When was John born? December well, 1946. Care enough. 46. No way he says, dude. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> he's trying to be hip with the kids. I guess. How do you do, fellow children? <laughs> I think it's more. It's more likely a a, a writer. Yeah. Slip up. Um, well, it's him, like I get the purpose of that line because it's trying to be like dad talking friend friend friendly friendlily to that's not a word to his child stupid adverbs like it's like it's like sport or whatever yeah but i like i see this is the thing i feel like john winchester would say sport not dude oh yeah i don't know if he ever says sport in canon but like he does get close i think Mm -hmm. this is the this is the the future challenge (laughs) This is the critical analysis you come to Word of God for. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> okay, moving on. If we jump to the second flashback for a minute, um, Dean mentions yeah, that sure. John usually comes in late, uh, and he's not going to be back until tomorrow as it is, so that's at least the full day of being by themselves. Um, mm-hmm. I was locked in this room all day. They are children. They need this enrichment. Is, this is bad. Even schools know to give kids recess. Of course mm-hmm. Dean goes outside. Literally. And he's cooking, and he's so little. Terrible. Well, co- well, quote-unquote cooking. I mean, he's Heating using a stove. He's nine. He's yeah. like, got a pot sure, and sure, sure. into a bowl. Um, Dean does a lot of deflecting this episode. Oh, yeah. Makes me cry big, big anime tears. Um, Actually, real quick, before we leave the flashback, great uh, acting by the uh, child actor they got yeah. to be Dean. I can, mm-hmm. I wrote down like, okay, I can extremely, I can see the through line here of how we got the Dean to today, of today. There are like good, good writing and acting for both of these scenes. Yeah. Yes. Sam's little puppy dog eyes before he gives him the lucky charms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Um, and I love, as somebody with siblings, I love the... There's only one bowl of Lucky Charms left, and I haven't had any yet. Like, that yeah. is such, like, yeah. my brothers get into fights over that shit still, and they're teenagers. See, I thought, the, the, the read I had in that, which may not be true, is that's the only food they have left, is what I thought was the case there. I don't know if that's true, I, I guess, especially because he... Then. Yeah, that's yeah. that that would make that more sense and make more sense in hindsight, but I thought the point was like this is what this is my dinner I haven't eaten yet. Well, it was going to be his dinner. He wanted it. Yeah. But he can't deny Sam anything. Uh, yep. And then Sam offers um, him the toy, which I don't know if is like metaphorical significance there. It's just he's such a good little kid. Mhm. Um I I just noticed that the uh the supernatural wiki has a list of like 
definitions for things, and one of them is their brothers, which is uh, these are the occasions Sam and Dean have been mistaken for a couple. <laughs> love that that's a love that that's a wiki thing. Okay, you know what? There are less here than I was expecting there to be. There's only yeah. nine examples of this. Only. I mean, it continues until season 10, apparently, so that's great. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I was expecting this to be, like, in the... Consider I was expecting this to be worse, I guess. It's not... It's still not good. Oh, no. It happens two episodes in a row. Oh, God. Okay, we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Back to the present, Dean experiences a homophobic microaggression. Yeah. From a 12-year-old, which, might I just say, as somebody who was once 12 and knows 12-year-olds, it's 2006, I, I can definitely see this kid being snarky and homophobic. It's not good. Oh, yeah, no, like, it's it, accurate. It, it it's just, like, Yeah, it's funny. Little, I will give shit. him that. I love how he goes, yeah, I bet. And Dean goes, sorry? <laughs> like, that was a nice car. Dean can't believe he just got microaggressed. Yeah. Literally. He's like, wait, clocked? <laughs> I think but this I was is masking so well. If you're going to do this joke, I think this is the best way to do it. Like coming from like a little shit, just a little mm -hmm. brat kid. Also mm -hmm. pointing out that Michael is uh, Dean Mirror and the fact that he immediately clocks and Michael yeah. you know, is is yeah. not nice to Dean about being supposedly queer is uh, <laughs> a hell of a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. Earlier, yeah, later on, I wrote Dean imprints on this homophobic child. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, Dean's internalized homophobia. We're really in it now. I think this is our first, like, major, like, uh, dumb TV advertising thing. Oh my god. Uh, I may, I may, the, there may have been product placement earlier, which I didn't notice, but this was the most blatant, like, the close-up shot of the MasterCard, like, on the desk and everything. Like, he says on the it, counter. Like, you take MasterCard? Yeah, like, you yeah, take MasterCard, like, oh, TM. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Get that money, CW, I guess. Yeah. Um, this is the episode with we get Sam's a... purple dog shirt, which is famous and celebrated yeah. in fandom because it's cute. <laughs> it is cute. I noticed that. I was like, that's such a weird fucking shirt. It's a legendary shirt. Don't be rude. Um, also, Sam says, get this. So I marked that off on my bingo card. We should make a bingo card. <laughs> I love... See, I didn't know about the Sam purple shirt thing. Back in my day, it was, in very it was Sherlock's circles. purple shirt of sex. God. Okay, so now and, we've and, hit the trifecta. Uh, Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, we You're did welcome. it. We did it. It's, hey, I'm Ash, the old-time fan and the resident <laughs> super hulog brain, brain damager. Every time you mention something about Sherlock fandom, my surface repressed memories. Good. You, you cannot escape. But I did. <laughs> Until November fucking 5th. Yeah. <laughs> You can't escape if you've never been there. Taps head three times. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, bitch. <laughs> this show has been oh, over the, for ten what months. We're talking about. Oh yeah, get. Oh yeah, and things are still happening. I. Things are still fucking happening. The the with the get this, what I was just gonna say was Sam is absolutely the guy in in a movie who would say, "Guys, you should come take a look at this." He is. He would. Oh yes. The the website Paranormal Watch. Um, we've seen it several times, but I just, I finally, like, saw the title, and I was like, oh, yes, that's a thing that's there forever. Just as, like, where they find the, you know, miraculously accurate, uh, lore on the monsters they hunt. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. I like, I like their, like, 
mid 2000s internet research shit whenever they have like one of those old like um those old etchings or like the medieval style art for the creature mm-hmm. that's always fun to me mm-hmm. oh yeah it's real good it's like when what we do in the shadows uses like old um oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah like yeah. like intersperses old illustrations to demonstrate whatever they're talking about i like that that feels like that a little bit mm-hmm. um when sam and dean are arguing about like how when dean is trying to explain without explaining that he's here to settle his business because john thinks he needs to redeem himself um sam feels like left out but it's just <laughs> dean being traumatized it's so much there's uh mm-hmm. yeah uh. and then dean promising michael that it's not his fault so we have like we did with um one five bloody mary where sam was telling uh, i do not remember her name sam was tell- charlie sam was telling charlie about like it's not your fault your boyfriend died you should try to forgive yourself so again we have dean telling his mirror you know it's not your fault your brother is sick yeah telling them what they needed to hear yeah <sighs> um i was just gonna say by the way fun fact the uh the riverview mental hospital from asylum returns as the exterior for the hospital in this episode nice it's a very iconic looking building it makes sense that they'd use it multiple times um, what I was gonna say, like, going back to the Paranormal Watch and them looking up the Striga, I've, like, I don't know, I guess, like, we've all, culture has encountered the Witcher at this point, but I didn't know, I didn't know Striga were, like, that obscure to the point where, like, these monster hunters who know loads of shit about lots of different things make offhand references to all sorts of obscure creatures, don't know what a Striga is, it was funny to me. Mm. Well, Dean knows more than he's saying this episode because he doesn't want to admit to the story. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And Sam doesn't know anything because that's a running theme where Dean has like massive trauma and Sam's like, huh, you never told me that. Mm-hmm. Sam is often the one that like, uh, actually, I guess it's probably equal between them, like referencing random monsters. Sam likes to talk about historical events a lot. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. Literally. He does the event research. Dean does the uh, monster weakness research. I don't know if that's specifically true, but... Um, just make unfounded claims, it's fine. <laughs> well, I, I just mean, like, Sam's the one who brought up Flight 401, Sam's the one who brought up the uh, the demon uh, possession things that we talked about a lot of the time when there's a... when they're talking about some historic... He's the one that brought up uh, the Flying Dutchman, also, I believe. But, uh, anyway, um, what's what's the next thing we want to hit here? The next flashback, maybe? yeah. Flashback part three when the streak actually shows up. Uh, afterwards, mm-hmm. John does drop them at Pastor Jim, so he could have done that in the first place. But the but by the time he got back, the streak was already yeah. gone, which is why he got away. <laughs> Dean says, but when when he's still trying not to tell Sam the story, he mentioned, uh, maybe Dad didn't have his Wheaties that morning, <laughs> which is funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sad little Dean boy, I love you. I love how Sam doesn't little Sam doesn't wake up to John, like, literally unloading a clip into this fucking Striga, and the Striga, like, jumping out the window or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> funny. Like, John has to, like, shake him awake. Well, he was, like, being I mean, drained, so he's got, like, Yeah, yeah. but, like, it was, like, three seconds. You want to take it up with the Striga, Ash? Yes, I do. Fucking throw hands, bitch. I just think, yeah, it's very funny. It is. The, the Striga diving out the window thing is particularly... Oh, very good. Entertaining. I don't know if we mentioned, it was actually their third night in the motel room before Dean snuck out. Three days and three nights, and he snuck out, and that's when it went for Sam. <laughs> and, of course, John yells at him about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's yeah. just for a second. I'm sorry. And John says, I told you not to leave this room. I told you not to let him out of your sight. And then present Dean says, you know, dad never spoke about it again. I didn't ask, but he, he looked at me different, you know, which was worse. Not that I blame him. He gave me an order and I didn't listen. I almost got you killed. And Sam says very quietly, you were just a kid. And Dean says, don't, don't. Yeah, I, I, I know Sam trying to comfort Dean and Dean like not allowing himself to be comforted because he still blames himself and he thinks he deserved it. <gasps> yeah, like Sam having the having had the chance to get out and being able to recognize that like from this outside yeah. perspective that like what the way John treated them was fucked up and trying to like pass on that information to Dean like you were just a kid and Dean's like, No, I don't get to be just a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sam again being the being the one to be like, hey, it's kind of fucked up that you think that it's like, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's right, man. And Dean's like, shh, you don't know. You don't understand. He's the oldest. That yeah. makes him always right. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, more of Dean telling children what he needed to hear when he was in their shoes. Uh-huh. When Michael is a little bit hesitant to help them. He says, you can, you can back out. I won't be mad. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, yeah, that was nice. I had, like, mixed feelings about them, like, using the kid as bait. It it yeah. felt like it kind of fell back into the exact same thing with that, like, John was doing to Dean, as far yeah. as, like, bringing this, br- dragging this kid into the world of horrible monsters. Yeah, um, but I mean, it was going to come for him anyway, because that's what it does. Yeah. So this way he's yeah. aware and specifically consented to the plan, even though, like, there's not much he could do about it otherwise. For sure, for sure. But also I Dean think, says, like, I'd give they anything the... not to tell you this, but sometimes nightmares yeah. are real. So, like, he doesn't want to be doing this, but it's the best chance of killing a thing and preventing t- children from dying. Yeah. No, for sure. They made the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the, like, mirroring, as always... Uh is good here yeah. also like, michael doesn't agree it's, immediately it's, he, he does not and then yeah. sam says what did you expect you can't ask an adult to do something like that much less a kid and then michael shows up and agrees to do it because you take care of your little brother you do anything for him and dean says yeah i would and michael says yeah me too i'll help so like really it's explicit a, it's a sweet thing and, of like yeah yeah like he's doing this specifically michael sort of like brother. empathizing with uh with dean there tugging on dean's heartstrings on purpose <laughs> Side note, but the arcade game Dean is playing in the bar is Andro Dunos, an old uh, SNK game. Uh, the chronology is off here. Andro Dunos was made in '92. Mm, it's too old for this. It's too old for this flashback. Or sorry, too new for this flashback. Thundercats SMH. wasn't on TV anymore. Maybe it was a rerun. Come on, Supernatural. <laughs> Maybe it was a rerun. Uh, I also like Dean warning Michael that gunshots are a lot louder than the movies yeah mm-hmm. which is funny considering they still are constantly firing off guns without ear protection and should yeah. be uh extremely like their hearing should be fucked by this point but mm-hmm. you know one television. of the novels i don't know which one but one of the novels actually briefly mentions that dean has uh hearing damage from constantly blasting his music too loud and uh constantly being around firearms but it's never addressed in the show Dean literally shoots yeah. a handgun inside a stone crypt in the next episode Uh like they're shooting inside of a sewer in in episode six they should have learned asl from like age 10 yeah i uh yeah i didn't know there were novels do we have to read those oh god is that our bonus content if we get a if we get a patreon if we get a patreon and get enough people 
giving us money we should do the novel if you get us enough money to buy all the novels that is not a promise <laughs> that was a joke how many novels are there i don't know oh boy there's only one that i care about and one scene in one that i care about because it makes me insane there are 16 books according to this list 16 <laughs> Okay, I take it back. I mean, we we need someone. We need to give us a lot of money to make this. It's like when Brian David Gilbert read all of those. Halo oh, all the Halo novels. Yeah. Oh God. I was just gonna say that's such a, like a novelist thing to do. I learned about how like loud guns are from books. I learned everything from books, including Same. how to say words. Autistic handshake. <laughs> mm hmm. I love how Michael doesn't even pretend to be asleep. Yeah. Yeah. He's just fucking sitting there, like staring at the, the window. Stringer doesn't care. No, clearly he doesn't. I mean, the little girl in the cold open was awake. Well, yeah, yeah but she was like cowering. Michael's just kind of vibing. Yeah, like he's, he's obviously like, terrified, me, but like he knows he's what's going straight on. Straight up, just sitting yeah. there. Yeah, I'm just just sitting there. Um, I also love how nobody called the cops, despite the like multiple gunshots and the tossing about of uh -huh. the two grown men. I mean, that's like. There's a lot of uncalled cops for gunshots in the show in general. If you called the cops every time, you'd get the season two plot a lot faster. Oh boy. While they're waiting for the Striga to show up and they're using their night vision security camera feed to see it. Um, Sam says, I'm sorry, I've really given you a lot of crap for always following dad's orders, but I know why you do it. And he says, oh God, kill me now. So once again, ducking the conversation. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Also, I love how it's... How vague Sam's line is, I noted that, like, it stood out to me because, like, he says, I know why you do it, not in a way of, like, now I understand and I will do it too. <clears throat> and I will do it too, but, like, oh, God, you are severely fucked up. Yeah. Go yeah. get some therapy. Uh-huh. Like, Sam, Sam is beginning to recognize the extent of Dean's trauma and the d abuse that Dean um, went through at was, John's was hands. Yeah. With. yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Sam, sorry, when Dean saves Sam again, uh, he says, you okay, little brother? Which is not how people talk, oh, but God. is, you know, very on the nose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it's not how people talk except for, like, when they're being jokey on purpose. Yeah, like, I mean, it kind of worked for like me in that way. When you're poking at the idea of calling your brother brother, then yeah. it happens. But, like, when you're being weirdly formal with your siblings for a joke. But, like, just in, are you okay? Like, I would never say, are you okay, little brother? Fair. It's, yeah. Um. Now my last note is at the end. The, uh, the one, <laughs> I, okay, the line I wrote in my notes for the Striga thing is, get owned, nice shot, Dean. Just, like, the way it looks <laughs> up, and then just gunshot through the head. Oh, yeah, it's very good. And, like, the shocked so expression funny. on its face. Mm-hmm. So funny. Is that it? Can we talk about the line TM now? Uh, I, I guess one final thing. I think it's really cute at the at the end uh, how, like, Michael's bouncing to go see his little brother and the mm -hmm. mom says, I'd better go get going before he hotwires the car and drives himself. Yeah. It's a cute it's line. It's so cute. It's so sweet. So the last lines I already mentioned in my synopsis, mm -hmm. but again sam wishes he could have that kind of innocence and dean says i wish you could too he does not say i wish i could uh -huh. i am banging yeah. my head against the wall yeah mm -hmm. chewing the bars etc it's interesting like dean wants two different things he wants sam around but also he wants like sam to like 
have this innocence and have his normal life. And like, we've talked about Dean, we've talked about whether or not Dean is selfish or not before. And I think it's like, it's complicated for him. Like he wants two different Mm -hmm. opposing things. Yeah. Well, if you combine those two things, he wants to have a normal life. That way Sam can be around and normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's also not really allowed to kind of voice that. So like Mm -hmm. he projects all of that into Sam who almost got his normal life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Dean is selfish in the way a lot of us are selfish when we're messed up and yeah. have issues, TM. <laughs> For sure. Of, like, I know that this is not, you know, a, like a good thing to be thinking, but I want it nonetheless because I just want something to go right in my life. Yeah. It's very much that, and it's it makes me sad. It's also very, very clearly um, prioritizing Sam's well-being over his own again as we've yeah. seen throughout the show and this episode in particular. Do, do you think Dean consciously wants a normal life? Because I don't think so, considering their conversation in uh, Shadow. of like, I don't think he... I don't know if Dean can even conceive of a world where he's not hunting monsters. I think in, but I think he does uh, subconsciously Bugs, want that, at least. It might have been in Bugs, where he was saying um, how he'd like rather kill himself than have like a uh, suburban life. Um, so I yeah. don't think he mm-hmm. would ever admit to it out loud. Or at least not for not for a while. Um, mm-hmm. He, I, I don't know if he consciously knows it at this point, but I think later on he does, or mm-hmm. at least he is forced to consciously come to grips with what his subconscious wants. Sure, uh, yeah. Because I keep talking about the future, Emma probably knows what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm thinking about. And I wouldn't six. be surprised. I just mean at this point, like the mm-hmm. the conversation in Shadow felt very like. There is nothing being held back here. There are no more secrets mm-hmm. in what I say. I'm dumping all of my emotions out. I've been repressing myself for 16 episodes. This is how I feel. And in that, there was no... Dean saw no world for himself where he wasn't doing what he's doing. Yeah. Agony and misery. I think that's like a... Yeah. I think that's something that like changes over the years. I think he, mm-hmm. first of all, finds nuance in this idea of having like some kind of a life while also not giving up hunting, having like a stable place that he can call home, having, you know, stable people around him while also being a hunter. But he still has a really hard time like escaping that black and white um, you know, you're either a hunter or you're a civilian. You can never be both. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh I think at this point we are gonna take a little break and Wait, hold on, it's my oh. music corner. Oh, okay. Um, and oh, I forgot episode... actor facts also. Oh yeah, see, uh, "Rock Bottom" by UFO is replaced by "So Electric" by Boulevard, and "Road to Nowhere" by Ozzy Osbourne is replaced by "Another Day of Regrets" by Molly. I love that this music corner corner has just come out of you being traumatized by being <laughs> mm-hmm. gaslit. Never again. <laughs> I just think it's fucking fascinating that Netflix yeah. literally has replacements every episode. Well, it's they lost all the music rights. Like that has to be. I know, it. but it's just so funny. Yeah, it is. the uh, The actor who plays um, Doctor uh, Heidecker is uh, is in a bunch of stuff. Um, but primarily, the thing I wrote down for him here is um, he plays Cliffhanger in the Rescue Heroes TV show, which I watched all the time when I was a kid, and is such like a weird. It's such a weird like coincidence to me i don't know like this random doctor in supernatural is the voice of cliffhanger uh he also is haytham kenway in assassin's creed 
I'm not sure if he did like the mocap, but they do look kind of similar. So I'm not sure for certain about that, but uh, that's also a... <laughs> this this guy has an eclectic career, I will say. Yeah, he's in lots of stuff. He's the woodcutter in Once Upon a Time also. Yeah, anyway, uh, now we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will get into episode 19, Provenance. <laughs> So season one, episode 19, Provenance, uh, begins with a pair of drunk rich people talking about the painting they just bought at a charity auction. Um, the wife remarks that it's kind of creepy, but they're soon distracted with the idea of having sex. Uh, the wife goes upstairs while the husband walks up, and when he goes upstairs, he finds that his wife is dead and covered in blood. The line, maybe you're the one I ought to be scared of. I I'm not like a master flirter or anything, but that's a weird thing to say. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it feels more like instigating some kind of kink scene. Yeah, I guess. But well, we don't get to see it. I don't want to think about that too much. <laughs> uh, when he gets into bed, which is soaked in blood, there's like this really gross squish noise. I wrote yeah. it down because it was just so gross. Did not like. <laughs> so we cut to the brothers in a bar. Dean is flirting with a pair of women and tries to talk Sam into lightening up and flirting with the other girl. Um... He tells Sam. them that he's, like, a producer for something, yeah. which feels like a shitty thing to do. Yeah, he's, like, yeah, lying to get laid, which is not scout. cool. Yeah, it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is how you can first tell that this is a Sam Girl episode, because Dean immediately doesn't come off well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, the girl whose number he gets is uh, Brandy, which is just, like, immediate code. I'm sorry to any Brandys who are listening to this, but, like, in television, <laughs> it's immediately code for, like, a stripper name. You know, this, this is not a uh -huh. high-class woman he's hooking up with. Yeah. Sam turns down the idea of hooking up with her friend because uh, he's found a case. Um, he says that, like, these, this couple's been murdered. Dean's like, well, maybe it's just a regular murder. And Sam's like, no, because in Dad's journal, he noted that it was the same kind of pattern all around upstate New York, etc. Um, so next we find them at an art auction that's selling the murdered Teleska's estate. Teleska is the last name of the couple. Important note, um, Dean's sleeping in the car wearing his sleep sunglasses he's so again. Cute. He's like, uh, I wrote down. Night. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down the sunglasses return. Mm-hmm. Dean in his dorky little glasses. Um so Dean is shitty to the owner of the auction house. He first thinks he's a waiter. Uh. Um, and just continuously is continuously shitty to him. He's also on. constantly stuffing his face as, as always. Yeah, um, very important Dean eating in this episode. Um, it's very funny that they didn't dress up like they usually do when they go somewhere fancy yeah, or like trying to fit in. They just yeah, they didn't even bother. Um, I guess it was short notice. Yeah, uh, Sam and Dean meet his daughter Sarah. Um, Who rules. Sam wants to. She's great, girl boss. Mm -hmm. uh, Sam wants to see the histories of the items, which is called a provenance uh, tile drop, because mm -hmm. um, they think that one of the items is cursed or haunted. Um, 
they're in the middle of like trying to get these papers when they're interrupted by dad kicking them out because they're not on the guest list um and also they're being assholes important note also for the b plot of this episode is sam admits that he went to art history so he could pick up girls <laughs> it's good for meeting and girls <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And Dean's Literally like, it's like so. I don't even know you or something like that. Which is a little bit unusual for Sam. Yeah, it, it is. is. And I think I think the point of that line is like, we the Sam we know is not the Sam who was in college. He yeah. like the trauma he got from Jess dying has like really affected him, which like fair. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. yeah, he used to he used to be at least a little bit more like Dean. Probably not to that extent, but like you yeah. know, if you're taking well, a mean, class only to meet girls. Yeah, he's yeah. in law school. He and I mean, like, Dean fucking raised him. Yeah. He's gonna adopt some Yeah, for sure. So Sam calls Sarah and invites her out to dinner. We get this very cute, like, awkward date scene. Sam mm-hmm. is adorable. They get beer um, instead of wine. Yeah, because she, she saved knows him from he's the wine so out of his Because he's looking extremely lost. Literally. Uh-huh. She's uh, she's really just constantly throwing him bones. It's great. Mm-hmm, it's like he's so cute. What an idiot. I'm going to help him. Yeah. Um so we learn the next day that he went to her house and got the provenances. Um and Dean kind of prized like and what else, you know? And Sam's like, "No. No." Um so they find out a painting has been connected to multiple murders uh and the boys Sneak into the warehouse to burn the painting. They actually wear gloves this um, time. Mazel tov. They do yeah. actually wear gloves. It's a very, it's a very good scene. Yeah, it's it's nice very like art theft. Yeah, yeah the cut, the, the direct cut to like them running for the gate and jumping over was very fun. <sighs> I love, I love being able to see the, the, the music and the scene. Also, yeah. Oh, it's really good. Oh uh, yeah, I love the alarm. Love oh. whenever Dean jumps the fence. They're so competent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Most of them um, hung up on the gloves. Which is hilarious so many times given what we've had to yell at them for the not wearing gloves scene. or for people sticking their hands in places they shouldn't without wearing gloves. And now finally somebody has worn gloves on the mm-hmm. show. God bless. <laughs> um, so they burn the painting, but we, the audience, see it miraculously growing back um, because there's still, you know, 30 minutes left in the episode. <laughs> um, so the next day, Dean has lost his wallet in the warehouse like a complete nincompoop. Why did he bring his wallet? Uh, literally. <laughs> Uh, and so they go back to try and find it. They, they're met with Sarah again, uh, and Sam is talking to her while Dean looks around, and then Dean kind of, like, makes a smooth exit so that he can leave Sam and Sarah alone. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam is in the middle of the sentence when he sees the painting and very loudly goes, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, my um, looks there say It's very fucking boy. funny. <laughs> they're both so unsubtle. So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Dean's like, uh, here's twenty. Do- here's the twenty dollars I owe you to show him that he found his wallet. Is really funny. Yeah, it Sam's good. like, oh, that Sam painting. Is so like, wow, lying. Yeah, well, how do I do that? <laughs> that painting, it's so pretty. And Sarah's like, seriously, literally, <laughs> it's the ugliest yeah. painting I've ever seen. Um, so Sarah agrees that they should not sell the painting. Um, and Sam's like, good, make sure that it doesn't. Uh, so then Dean and Sam head to the library. Um, they find out from this very helpful, very enthusiastic He's so good. Library. I love this guy so much. This is no, me as an old man. Too. I love him I so much. Him. Um, they find out that the family in the painting was murdered by the ha- the father, hence the haunting. Um, so now they have to find out how the father Isaiah is still around, um, because everyone in the family was allegedly cremated. Um, meanwhile, Sarah's dad decides to sell the painting because someone is offering him a lot of money. 
Uh, Sam calls Sarah again for more information, and they find out that the painting is still loose. Uh, they go to Evelyn, the new owner of the painting. They go to her house. Um, she's reading a book and drinking tea under the watch of the painting, uh, and she gets murdered. Um, the boys and Sarah roll up, but they're too late. Um, get a very good scene of Sarah, like, touching Evelyn's shoulder and Evelyn's, like, whole head just, like, pivoting off of the very, very deep cut. It's really funny. Yeah, it um, just, it just kind of slides off. It was good, it was, it was a good effect. It was a good scream, though. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, yeah. Sarah, Sarah is very good. Um, so... Um, Sam noticed when they were looking at the painting in a book at the library that there are a couple of differences. So now they're comparing the actual painting to the copy of it, uh, of the original. Because um, they assume that the spirit or a spirit is changing the painting to give them hints or for some fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Some weird reason. This is never, like, this is a really cool thing, but it's never used again. Which is yeah, a well, shame, I mean, because I think it's a really cool. This was a, this like, was a one off episode, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> more. more. Um, more authors parachuting in, establishing something in Supernatural, and then it never being used again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they see a crypt in the background in, in a painting in the painting. Dean uses the like crystal bowl on the table as a magnifying glass, so again, we have Dean like, improvising in a very competent way. Good job, Dean. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, it's good. So they go there. It's the Merchant Family Crypt. Um... Isaiah isn't in the crypt, though, so Dean has to go to try and find out what happened to his body. Turns out he was um, not in the family crypt because everyone was ashamed of the fact that he murdered his whole family and then himself. Um, So he was just buried in a random graveyard. Um, They go and find his bones. They burn them. Um, Oh, before they do that, though, Sam and Sarah talk. And Sam tells her that he can't let himself get close to her because he's afraid that he's cursed and she'll get uh-huh. hurt. Uh, she tells him it's okay and that he shouldn't be shutting down because of Jess's death. And Dean pops up to tell them that Isaiah was buried, not cremated. He interrupts their moment. Yeah. Also, important note that wasn't mentioned earlier is uh, she has this... We'll talk more about it later, probably. But she tells Sam this whole thing yeah. about how her like mom died and it really fucked her up for a while. So they have that like yeah. empathetic connection mm-hmm. with each other of so both having nice lost a person important to them. Yeah. So they find and burn his bones, and then they go back to Evelyn's house with the intention of burying the painting so that they don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, Sam and Sarah head inside because Dean's like, yeah, you can have a moment. Um, yeah. When she says, like, let's go, Dean says, marry oh, that girl. So which Yeah. It's um, really cute. Sam and, Dean, or Sam and Sarah go inside the house. The ghost shuts the door so they know that Burning Isaiah's bones did not help. Um, Sam and Sarah have to defend themselves against the ghost of the little girl in the painting while Dean tries to figure out how to stop her. Um, There was a little doll it preserved in the crypt next to her urn, um, and apparently antique dolls were made with uh, in the child's image, sometimes with the child's hair. Yep, that's true. That's a true thing. It's The Victorians were really weird and creepy Um, about death. Burns the doll. Uh, and the ghost, uh, is defeated. Sarah has the painting burned, and she and Sam have a really, like, tender moment where, like, I don't know, it's, they just, um, yeah, 
Um, it's good. And Sam leaves, and then a moment later he comes back, and they have a really long kiss. It's very yeah. sweet. And Dean says, "He says that's my boy." Yeah. I think Dean watches them kiss and says, "That's my boy." And Dean gets in the car, and Sam and Sarah continue kissing, and we don't have them drive away because Sam is busy. Mm-hmm. Sam is busy. Let's go. Let's go reverse here. Let's just talk about this really quick because I think it's. It's good, and like we're here already. Sarah says there are a million things I want to say to you, but for the but for the life of me, I can't think of one. And Sam mm. says, "Yeah, I'll miss you too." Which, oh, my heart. And then she says, "You know, there's a lesson in all this." He says, "What's that?" We all got through this in one piece. I didn't get hurt. Sam laughs and says, "Yeah, I'm glad for that." And she says, "So maybe you're not cursed. Maybe you'll come back and see me." Guess if he does. And Sam says, "I mm. will." I don't know. I mean, I had so much hope after Route 666 that I don't know if I want to know. She does appear in the show again. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she had a really cute moment. All right. It was very sweet. Well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a very sweet moment. Um, It's nice that Sam gets a moment kind of like Dean did with Cassie, where, like, they are allowed to have, like, moments of humanity in that they're... Like, having connections and complicated feelings about human connection and things like that. Like, it's just nice. Earlier in the episode, they had a discussion slash argument about how we always leave. And Dean's like, well, you don't, you don't have to, like, have a significant relationship in order to get with a girl. Uh, which I think also points towards a nice little um, ace reading of, of Sam or demi reading. Uh, there's not a lot of mm-hmm. material for queer readings of Sam, but I do think that there is textual support for... Um, Accidental textual support, of course, but there is textual support for A-spec readings of Sam, which is nice. Where, you know, he doesn't want Mm -hmm. just hookups around the country Mm -hmm. like Dean does. He wants an actual, quote-unquote, actual relationship. He wants a, like, a emotional connection with someone more Mm -hmm. than he wants to get laid, is the thing for Sam. Um, I was gonna say, this, uh... This worked a lot better for me than uh, the last time they did with Sam in Hookman. Um, there, there really was like a lot of chemistry mm-hmm. between these two actors. They were really fun on screen together. Sarah has a sort of like bluntness that's very charming. She was a really good yeah, character in this episode. Uh, he's you know trying to protect her from getting hurt by being around him, and she says that's very sweet and very archaic. I'm going to like tell him. Get his ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and like, also, like, Sam, buddy, you've been around and probably cared about lots of people. Two women in your life have died. Yes. That does not mean you're cursed. I mean, I get, I, I get that both of them died in this if very specific way. If I had a nickel way, for every time a like... blonde woman in my life was pinned to the ceiling and died in a fire, <laughs> I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. And Becky, uh-huh. uh, scan one six, but not dead, but like beaten by a supernatural creature, but not because of him. That's true. By any stretch of the imagination. No, they helped. That was going to happen to her regardless. Close to Sam, and therefore it's his fault. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, going back chronologically now. My first note is just rich people derogatory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yay, people in a cold open, yeah. I don't have to really feel sorry for. The shot of the blade in the painting, so that you know that they, there is a knife and that mm-hmm. there wasn't a knife. Um, I think the painting moving was a good effect. Yeah. I don't know, I'm not, like, an expert in yeah. visual effects, but it didn't look bad to me. Um, I was like, yeah, that's a painting moving, that looks good. No, good it looks, yeah, it was... My next mm-hmm. note is on Dean trying to get Sam to hook up with somebody. We have something before that. 
We did go over yeah, that. We went, we went over that, that pretty you can, uh, Meaning pretty get thoroughly. dates, but you don't. Again, little nod to Sam not being interested. But also this idea mm-hmm. that he's closed off after Jess. Uh, the, yeah. The, uh, the hotel they go to is immaculate yes. and incredible and is called the Boogie Inn. And it's so much. And I love it. It feels like one of those things where they were like on location and found this place and we're like, oh, we have to put this in the episode. This is incredible. This place is incredible. So <laughs> like it's such a bizarre thing and it never shows up again. It feels like like a joke that the that the cast and crew are like making here of like we gotta film I, in this weird place. I don't place. have a reference for this. This is probably something that we could find out. Um but because I know the motels are like a running gag in Supernatural, or at least they were in the fandom. Does anybody do we know mm. if the the motels are actually like real life motels that they found or are they sets that they just decorate? Because oh. the the motels are fucking insane in this show. You know what? That's a good point. I don't know. Maybe they did just build this set because uh, there's nothing about this place on SPN mm. locations. Um, I found. Oh wait. Mm, oh no. These aren't filming locations. These are these are in fiction motel locations. There's a there's a Wikipedia there's like a fandom wiki. Oh, I found a thing. Jensen talks about the motel sets. Oh, it's a video. I'll have to watch that later. It seems like they build them in most cases. So I guess ignore the thing I said earlier. Um, but yeah, it's a great set most, that they built. There are in, like lots of really funny motel themes um, throughout this show. I think it's great. Um, yeah, I love Dean's dorky little glasses. Yeah. Such a nerd. Uh, right after that, when they're outside the auction house, there's uh, the Crip license plate, which is, of course, yeah, a nice I saw that too. Shout out to Eric Kripke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also That's missed fun. that because I, I was looking that. down to write notes, but it's called my attention to it, so I looked it up and it is true. See, I saw it as I was watching. Um, also, for those of us operating with the benefit of hindsight, Dean calls the auction house owner Chuckles, uh, which we will get a lot more of later on. That is all. All right, I cool. I just wrote... I have no idea what you're talking about for once. Well, oh, <laughs> you should. Why? It's just season four. Okay, but I don't remember what you're talking about. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, I have written Sammy so many times in these notes. I literally have the word Sammy and then colon pleading colon because I can't draw a pleading <laughs> emoji. So that's how I'm doing. Oh, that's probably the same part where I wrote S nerd heart emoji. By the way, um the shout outs to the supernatural wiki in the motel section for their picture they don't have any like in in the benders they have motel none but the thumbnail they have is sam's accommodation cage which is really good it's a really good joke shout outs to whoever put that joke in there the transcripts add little flavor text every time the word bitch face appears in the transcript i send up a little thank you yeah <laughs> also man i just noticed the cowboys on sam's towel in episode 17 <laughs> okay uh, i need to close the, out of the auction house they're like don't have to be told twice and it's like apparently you do which is really funny uh-huh such a smarmy all the all the and i guess there's not a lot of like rich people content considering the only major character in this is sarah and she's cool but uh, Dean, her Dean dad is so is as a garage sale for wasps and I love him for it. I love how Dean knows the word wasp. That's because he's Jewish. Yeah. yeah. 
For those of us in the audience who might not know, WASP stands for White Anglo-Saxon Protestant and yeah. is usually used for like shorthand for like rich, privileged people. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's a good line. Jumping ahead a little bit, Dean telling Sam to go on the date to get information out of Sarah is called uh, Sometimes You Have to Take One for the Team, which also appears in the sex work gifs that I mentioned last episode. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. We've gone over most of my notes, but I still have some. Um, the, uh, the, the shot where they're burning the painting is, like, iconic because it's nice and well-framed. So, like, the boy standing over the fire mm-hmm. on the floor is, like, appears prominently in fandom dean uses a match this time despite later being un- being using his lighter and unable to get it started where'd your matches go dean Literally. um apparently dean wears a t-shirt in this episode because i noted that down too <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says he's waiting for the movie of da vinci code so we have yeah oh yeah yeah the da vinci code thing dean doesn't read even though we see at other points that he references well-known books um so inconsistency of the character I mean, you can reference a book without it. having read it well that's also really funny is the da vinci code movie literally came out a month after this episode aired. it's beautiful oh He's that's really funny movie. yeah um also like i feel like this describes the two brothers dichotomy so well like yeah sam read that book i guess reading books is a nerdy thing to do but also the da vinci code sucks <laughs> i read that in camp actually valid hmm um oh yeah later i think during the uh i think during the same conversation where sarah says like that's really sweet and really archaic of you um i think that's a line uh she also says i'm a big girl sam it's not your job to make decisions for me again just constantly radiating girl boss energy (laughs) um dean specifically invokes jess wanting sam to be happy which is then nicely paralleled off of um or not then, because I guess that comes after what the thing I'm about to say, but uh, Sarah on the date says, it's not what you would have wanted for me. So this idea of like living better in order to kind of uh, make your deceased loved one happy. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're going to go get the painting and like the, uh, and like we, we mentioned like Dean te- teasing Sam, but specifically turns on the radio, just starts blasting like a love song. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, f- I don't know what song, but oh, it's I really do. good. Yeah, and like, corner, oh, what song is it? Oh, yeah, um, your music corner. Yeah. Uh, in the original, well, uh, there's another music thing, but I'll just tell you yeah. right now. In the original, it's Bad Time to Be in Love by Grand mm. Funk Railroad. And on Netflix, it's This Is What It's Like I'm in Love by Tony Phillips. Hmm um anyway yeah that whole exchange is really funny sam's just like the the transcript describes it as sam turns and gives dean a wtf gesture that's exactly what he did (laughs) the little girl is really good she's really scary she's creepy uh the like weird twitchy effect that they do for her is good yes i love when she screams and her face just fucking distorts it's really good the like dragging a doll in one hand, holding yeah, a straight yes. razor in the other, is very Scary powerful little, little girl monster energy. So good. We should have had more ghosts yeah. on this show. Stop it with the like, demons. Mm-hmm. Well, they start doing less ghosts. They've I figured ghosts would be a stand standout considering how uh, often they've been doing them in season one. It's just demons. Sticks keep getting higher. Okay. You can't. Keep I guess that kind of makes sense because I I wrote down um when I mean, it turned out there were actually. 
hmm, no, I guess not. Initially, it was, oh, they're already cremated. We don't have bones to burn. Then they do have bones to burn, but then the bones to burn is not the solution. So I I did write down that, like, they're already getting tired of the solution. Like, the writers are already getting tired of the solution to ghosts Mm -hmm. and, like, are already trying to find, like, other interesting ways to defeat ghosts, like the hair thing uh, in season one. And there's 15, there's 14 seasons left. So I guess it makes sense that they start doing ghosts less because Mm -hmm. having the same plot beat of like, we got to dig up the body. I can imagine that getting old. Um, Also, I think they reference DNA specifically um, when they're talking about kind of human remains for ghosts to be clinging to. And hair is not great for DNA, but I guess it's not impossible. So if there's any Mm. in that doll, then it would work. But um, the only DNA Um, found in the hair was like in the root. So they'd have to like really yank it out in order to make a doll hair which is strange there's no mention of dna in the transcript okay, it might be in a different episode um sam says dean sarah said the doll might have the kids real hair human remains same as bones okay i'm not sure if they ever mentioned dna it might be it might even be a different the... show i could be completely misremembering okay. but i think like they yeah. do talk about human remains specifically so i guess whether or not dna is involved is not important yeah, wow. it's it's a sympathetic speaking. magic thing. Like hair, hair yeah. is a common, commonly used in such situations. Um, rewinding uh, a little bit, um, when Dean is teasing Sam, he's like sharpening his knife. I just love watching Dean stim. Uh huh. Oh man. Yeah, Dean Dean stims by preparing his weapons. Yeah, it's really good. Um, during the ghost fight when Sarah, like, is trying to free Sam out from behind the dresser or whatever it is, and she looks up and the ghost is right in her face. Oh, yeah, that was good. good. Also, it's like, the the boys getting attacked by random furniture in ghost fights is getting more and more entertaining to me every time it happens. It's so good. It's like, this dresser is slamming into Sam. Uh, Sarah... When they go to the graveyard, Sarah says, so this is what you guys do for a living. And Sam says, not exactly. We don't get paid. And Sarah says, well, mazel tov. We don't get paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, also like going back to the ghost fight, um, the, the like pained no that Sam lets out when the ghost goes for Sarah. I like noted that down. That was a good, it was a good yell from him. Mm-hmm. It really, really communicated, like, I cannot let this happen again. Yeah, it's really good. The eyelash scene is cute, where Sarah has an it eyelash is cute, on her face yeah. and Sam's, like, reaching for it um, and tells her to make a wish. It's very cute. And then Sarah does some excellent communicating for once on this show. And she says, can I ask you something? And he says, yeah, sure. And she says, I don't mean to be forward, but a girl could wait here forever. Is there something here between us or am I delusional? Mm-hmm. So, like, very straightforward. Yeah. Excellent communication. She's a very good girl. Yeah. Um, I love how in the denouement, uh, she has the guys box up the painting and then immediately it's like, yeah, it tells go back and burn it. Yeah. And they're, like, you can <laughs> they're tell like, they're what? like, you didn't have to put it in the what? box. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe someone else did that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I also, when she's talking to them about like why the ghost was doing what she did, Sam like analyzes the purposes like what made her first of all become a vengeful spirit like saying things like maybe some people are just born tortured and then dean's literally mm-hmm. like well, i don't care it's gone yeah th- that it's line very is very strange like, the... like this ghost doesn't have a reason mm-hmm. this little girl doesn't have mm-hmm. a motive like she's just evil sometimes people are just evil um, which we kind of toyed with in the benders 115 yeah. where it was like this idea that they're just doing it for fun but she doesn't even like seem to be 
doing it because she enjoys it. She's just killing people. This ghost literally just mm-hmm. kills people. There is, because apparently she was just yeah. being tortured, which, I don't know, it's a very essentialist view of these things. Weird for yeah, Sam to I didn't say. Really but like also, that. I guess, like, if Sam is blaming himself for the way he is, then I guess it makes sense. Mm. Feels very much like. Uh, I guess similar, not necessary, not similar to the Wendigo because they don't ever even talk about why the Wendigo was doing, like had ended up in that situation, but it is very much like we kind of got to acknowledge that we just have this murderous little child, which is kind of weird, but we don't actually have a reason for it and we're just going to move on. <laughs> Our character's going to talk about it for two lines, but that's it or three lines, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of a hand wavy mm-hmm. thing. It's really weird. I think one of the funniest lines that Netflix robbed from us, it does not appear in the subtitles. I haven't checked if it's in the transcript. Give me a second. Okay, it is in the transcript because Sam does say it, but when they're in the house looking for salt, Sam says, What kind of house doesn't have salt? which does appear in the subtitles, but then he says, Low sodium freaks, which is so good. It's really <laughs> good. Yeah. Um also apparently according to the super wiki, um, Oh, yeah, when Sam and Dean are examining the, the detail of the painting, you can hear Jensen say Jared instead of Sam. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Mm-hmm. This is really petty, but I like Sarah's braids. They're very cute. She shows up in, like, pigtail braids oh, at some point. Yeah, she's they adorable. are. They are cute, yeah. Um, that's also the scene they where Sam her tells her the nicely. truth after Good she style. saw the painting move. So we have this little, um, again, similar to Becky, where one of Sam's female acquaintances has witnessed the supernatural and therefore can be brought in on the secret because he doesn't tell people um Mm -hmm. but unless he has to been a lot of like side characters learning the the secret truth about the world in the past few episodes Mm -hmm. thanks heidi for screaming bubby um the other i don't know if we're done but the other song that was replaced in this uh episode is nighttime by steve carlson was replaced with suck it to me baby by Gino or Gino. Right. I don't know. G I N O. The mm. only thing I have left, I think, is uh, by the end, Zine's kind of like grumbling about how he's doing all the work and not getting thanked by Sarah because Sarah's focused only on Sam, which is Zine's like, but what about my attention? Um, very, very briefly. So the, uh, the librarian, the very enthusiastic librarian who we love is uh, Uncle Quigley in Sabrina, the animated Sabrina show, um, which, is, which is fun. Um, and, uh, Melanie, the, uh, scary little girl, uh, will grow up to play five in Dark Matter, another, uh, well, I guess Supernatural isn't Canadian, but filmed in Canada, um, Canadian sci-fi show, which everyone says is really good. I need to watch it at some point. I love campy, low-budget sci-fi. I guess, I guess that's it. I guess we're done. Yeah, so next week... We will be discussing the last three episodes of this season, Dead Man's Blood, in which we meet vampires, uh, Salvation and Devil's Trap, which are like very intertwined, um, which ties up the running plot of this season. Um, after that episode goes up- Very excited to up, meet vampires. Very excited. Um, after that episode of Word of God goes up, we will be taking a week break as we move on into season two. Um, and this is going to be a thing we're going to be doing in general, yeah. is taking a break between seasons just to give us some buffer time to record more episodes in case anything goes wrong. Yeah, more awesome mm-hmm. content for you. Better to have scheduled, better to have scheduled breaks than to like miss an episode a week because we are not able to record or something happens, etc. Mm-hmm. So 
tune in next week as we yell about John Winchester <laughs> and many other things on mm -hmm. Word of God. And please rate and review us on iTunes or any other uh, podcast platform you're using that has reviews. Is there something else we say in the outro or is that just music? <laughs> Until next time, this has been Word of God. Hey, put the, putting this in after the music, put the music in between this and the next thing, but I thought it would be fun to have an after credits thing. Yeah. Again, 15 years is a long time to be a character. To mm -hmm. kin a character. Yeah. I, I, mm. I, ass I assigned Jensen Ackles as a Dean Kinney. He assigned himself. Like, he said out loud with his voice Kin that, like, he relates really hard or something. Or, like... Because he, I don't know, does he, like, have no formal training as an actor or something? Because he was saying, like, he doesn't need to, like, what? think about how Dean would react. He just, like, he is the, like, he's, he's, like, so deep in the character that he just knows how Dean would react or something. Like, something crazy like that. And also, Wyatt, this is spoilers, don't listen. Um, uh, okay. Hey, it's Wyatt, your friendly neighborhood editor, coming in from the future here. I have no idea what the fuck they're about to say because I edit this podcast and I can't listen to it. So if you don't want to hear spoilers past the point that we've covered for Supernatural, skip the next, like, 20 seconds. There he goes. Um, uh, when, when Dean and Mary are having their weird tensions, Jensen couldn't figure out why until like the scene they were doing the scene where they actually have their conversation like he was uncomfortable around mary and he didn't know why because dean didn't know why this man is insane oh my god am i safe now yeah god okay i was just yeah. gonna say can you I am can, shooting the bomb. is that how is that how can you kin someone who you play because isn't that just acting i guess it's i guess it's more right <laughs> this is all getting recorded <laughs> Okay, but Wyatt, just because just like just because I play Cass in mine and Emma's roleplay doesn't mean like mm. that I can't kin Cass as That's well. That's fair. I mean, I get like <laughs> writing is different from acting though in terms of like direct embodiment. Yeah, like uh, originating say... the character specifically. Like this isn't like yeah playing Hamlet and kinning Hamlet. This is like being Richard Burbage and kinning Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, King. But I mean, it's not like he wrote and acted the character, although he did direct some episodes. It's true. Like, if I said that I, I kin my character like role, that would be suspicious, because, like, obviously that's a self-insert. That doesn't count as kinning. But Jensen took someone else's character, written mm. character, someone else's OC, embodied him, and incorporated him into his brainstem. That's fair. Yeah, you're right. He didn't create the character. I guess that's true. But also, ah, hmm, hmm, hmm. What is mm. acting if not mm. like yeah, but you're kidding. supposed to be able to stop a Jensen cat? Listen, man, sometimes you just fucking Dean Winchester live in that will shit. just do that to yeah. If I acted Dean for even Dean Winchester like will just do half that to of the amount of time Jensen did, I would also not be well. I get you know what? Hmm. Emma, we are writing a two hundred thousand well. fiction in which you play Dean. <laughs> exactly. You are already past the point of no return. Uh -huh, just like season five. God, I'm going to kill. Was it actually season five? I'm going to be so happy if it was. All right, I'm going to go to the washroom and get some more Yes! Water. It was season Valid. five. I am a genius, and I have the derangements. I am also going to back.
The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find the link in the episode description.